This is episode 75. Hello and welcome to another edition of All Hazards, Contact Tracing. We've heard it thrown around a lot during this COVID-19 pandemic, but just what is it and what does it entail? Well, we know someone who's been tapped to become a contact tracer, and she's going to talk to us about the first steps she's taken so far. You'll hear about the training, what they look for in a tracer, and how this might be your calling. Contact Tracing with Brittany Peterson, right now. With me today is a young lady by the name of Brittany Peterson. Hello, Brittany. Hi. Hey, good to see you. Good to see you. We are social distancing, by the way, just so that uh, folks are, if they're wondering, right? This Very is far about apart, yeah. six feet, right? Roughly. Definitely. In fact, I should probably move back another foot. Here we go. That's definitely six feet. Yeah. I would say so. Uh, all right. So uh, COVID-19, it just continues to haunt us, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. So the reason I'm having you on is because I know that you were recently snatched from our office. You were helping us out here uh, with the Joint Information Center, as well as in the Cal OES Office of Public Information. And then all of a sudden, one day you were gone. Brittany yeah. was gone. <laughs> Where'd she go? <laughs> well, you were taken away to uh, do some training for contact tracing. Yeah. So Cal OES has to take about 5% of their employees to contact tracing. And I was picked to be one of the part of that 5%. Um, so I had to go do some online trainings. It was about mm. 20 hours of um, like online instruction. And we had different instructors come on. I believe they used Canvas and Zoom. Um, we worked through that. And then we also did labs where we practiced what we were being taught earlier that day. Yeah, good. So how did the training go? It went really well. It was. Yeah. Pretty, it was fairly easy to navigate. Um, the instructors were, they like understand we're all coming from different parts of the state and this isn't really our normal lane. And so they were very um, conscious of that and gave us a lot of, a lot of information. So mm -hmm. it's overwhelming, but we have all the documents that we could print out and reference and they were always available for any questions we had. So was this a voluntary thing or were you told that you had to do this? I was told I was, okay. I had to do this. Um, there were a few people in the trainings who decided that this, they didn't want to do this. Mm. And um, the instructors just asked them to talk to their supervisors right, and right. see if maybe they can get someone else. So what kind of a personality, what kind of people are they looking for? Uh, did they say what would make the ideal contact tracer investigator? Yeah, so yeah. They, they want people who want to do this because it's such an important role. And if you're not going to put in an, the effort, um, they want people who are, are going to be able to communicate with these people because it's a scary topic and these people are going to understandably be, be nervous, be scared, be angry, be like all, um, a huge amount of emotions. Mm -hmm. And so they want someone who's going to be able to relay the information, the important information, and hopefully get them to either quarantine or isolate or whatever their situation ends up being. Right. So you have not had a chance to actually talk to anybody yet. No, not yet. Yeah. I, yeah. You nervous about that? I am nervous. Oh, yeah. yeah? I, I just think because we do the labs, but it's all so scripted. So they're setting up these situations. And so I'm going into my, my script knowing what the situation's gonna be so I can kind of plan ahead and 
and figure out what I'm, how I'm going to respond to this. And in real life, you don't know how someone's going to respond right. and, or how they're going to react. So I hope that I'm able to do it and do it in a way where they feel like they're getting as much information as they can, that they're in good hands. Cause there's just so many situations that can come up and, right. right. And uh, so what has prepared you for this? Going, you know, through school, through your life, growing up, what do you think has made you personally prepared to take on this kind of role? Yeah, so I, well, one, I was a communications major, Mm -hmm. um, and I really like talking to people. And two, I feel like I have a lot of compassion and I've always wanted to do work that makes a difference. Right. And I think this is going to be a really rewarding opportunity because I think everything we do here at Cal OES, we don't necessarily get to see what our work actually does for people. I mean, we hear about it and we can imagine it, but we don't get to see it. And I think this is going to be a very tangible thing um, and, and very rewarding to see what my information and what I'm doing and these relationships I'm building with these people, how it's going to one, help them, but also to help them not spread it on to other people and know that I played a huge part in that. Um, it's just going to be very rewarding to yeah, me. Yeah, this is historical. And for you to have this kind of a role in such a, an historical event is pretty incredible. You'll be able to tell your kids, grandkids later on down the line, nieces, nephews, you know, hey, this is what I did. I was an investigator. Yeah, I yeah. want to get a hat. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned that there is a script. So when you call, my guess is that when they answer the phone, assuming they answer the phone or maybe a voicemail picks up, that you have something that you're going to say right off the bat. Can you give me a little sample of, of what the script says? Yeah, so I have it in front of me. Um, we start off with the introduction. And it would go something, um, hello, my name is Brittany Peterson with the County of Sacramento. May I speak to Sean Boyd? And then once they've confirmed who they are, we kind of, we explain we're with um, the California Department of Public Health. Um, We are here to provide you with health, with a health message because I want to ensure I'm speaking to the correct person. And we again, tell them the biggest thing that they really pushed on us is telling them that all this information that they're giving us is going to be confidential, that we're not sharing this with anything. It's only for our records. So Mm. through the introduction, um, through every different section of the script, we repeat that. Okay, good. Um, Because I think a lot of people are nervous about that. As they should be. They should be very careful about what kind of personal information that they give out. Yeah. Especially if they've never met you. Yeah, definitely. So you want to build that trust with them right Mm. away. So constantly repeating that this is confidential, that we're doing this for their safety. We're here for them. We have resources for them. You want to build almost that relationship right away so they feel comfortable enough to open up and we can get as much information. And if we need to reach out to more people because we're seeing maybe there's another possible exposure, we have that ability because we've built that relationship. So with these scripts that you have, they it looks like they provided a number of scenarios and a number of questions that you could face or that you should ask. So from what I'm seeing, you've got a lot of answers prepared so that what is the reason for having such a scripted phone call? 
So we actually have to input everything into a database. So what we're seeing is we're starting with our introduction, and then we have to know the demographic and the contact information. So we have a series of questions we need to ask them and get put into that database. And then as it moves forward, um, we want to know about their symptoms. And to determine if like they are showing symptoms, then we, we get them tested and then they might have to isolate instead of just quarantine. Um, and we also, once we find all their symptoms and if we see they're having some symptoms, we ask about their medical, or if they're not having symptoms, we ask about their medical conditions because that'll show if they're more of a high priority, if they're part of the vulnerable, if they have anything underlying that could make them more vulnerable or cause more problems if they do have COVID, we wanna know so we can almost keep a closer eye on them and get those resources over if needed. Yeah, so if they're high risk, you want to make sure they have that information now rather than maybe not waiting later. It, until it's too late, exactly, yeah. 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 We, okay. we, wanna, we wanna have everything planned and ready for them right away so that they know what they need to do if they do start to show symptoms. If they do test positive, they'll know what resources they have available and have all those tools in their toolbox. Very cool. Um, and then after that, we do the ex we ask them about if they say, oh, well, yeah, my, my uncle had tested positive. So we ask them about their exposure um, and figure out, again, like I said earlier, they saw their uncle two days ago. Then we calculate, okay, well, this is the last time you were exposed to. And you, it takes two to 14 days to show symptoms. So that's how long we want people to isolate is the 14 days. Um, so we'll calculate from two days, 14 days, give them a date and say, you have to quarantine until this time. We ask them about their living situation. Again, it's to know everybody's different um, backgrounds, what, what situation they're in so we can get those resources to them. And then we tell them whether they have to isolate or quarantine. Um, quarantine, you just have to stay in your house. Isolation, you have to stay away from other people. Um, so. If you tested positive and you're living with a family, we want you to stay in your room. And if you have the opportunity to have like your own bathroom, um, and we, we tell them how to do that. And we try to navigate that and get them resources again. If there's a lot of people in one spot, one person's positive, we can get them hotel rooms or figure out a situation that's gonna work best for them. Would you already know that they have been exposed or how do, how do you get that initial name? Yeah, so we, when we get deployed, from my understanding, we're put into these teams and we have a contact investigator and then we have the contact tracers. So the investigator is the person who talks to the actual COVID positive person and they get a list of names of people that they've been in contact with um, and then that's brought into priority by their age, if they're vulnerable, um, any of that. And then those are handed to us. And so we actually don't know who the positive tested mm. person is, which is another confidentiality right. thing that we have to focus on. So that is almost comforting to me that I don't accidentally spill. Right. Um, um, but so we will reach out to them. So we have no idea who they actually were in contact with because they might ask that. Yeah. Um, or a lot of the situations or the roles that we were playing and practicing, they would say, oh, um, 
you might have been exposed. And they're like, oh, yeah, my husband has COVID. And mm. so then we can ask questions about that. But we didn't tell them that that was the contact that right. exposed so, them. So then you would follow up as a tracer, not an investigator, but as a tracer, you will co uh, follow up by asking a, a series of questions that may help tie, in this particular case, this woman's husband with others who he would have been in contact yes. with. Yes. And then also because we're, we're focusing on this contact. So, oh, so we see your, so you're saying your husband has tested positive. Um, is he isolating? And then from there, when's the last time you've been in contact with him? Cause then that helps us determine how long that they would either have to quarantine or determine on like what their risk is. If it was uh, an uncle, when was the last time you saw your uncle or were in contact with your right. uncle? And then we'd be like, okay, you need to quarantine from 14 days. So we'll do the math and be like, you can stop quarantining on July 4th or right. 5th or whatever that is. Yeah. Um, but we also have to kind of get that information if they know it. If they don't know who they've been in contact with, then we say, okay, well, you're going to have to quarantine from now for 14 days just to be safe. So if these people uh, argue with you and they say, listen, I'm not going to tell you where I've been or who I've been in contact with, but yet you know that this is someone that's on your list that you have to talk to, how do you convince them? What do you say uh, in terms of making them understand how important it is for them to talk to you. Yeah, so we just keep repeating that that this is for their safety and that if they, because we can't force anyone, we can't right. force anybody, it's, it's a suggestion and we give them the resources and we try to make it as easy for them as possible because we understand the mm -hmm. situation and it's, it's repeating, this is for your safety. And if you don't do this, it's, it's also for the safety of anyone you can be in contact with. And you can almost like stop the spread right here if you just quarantine for 14 days and just really show, telling them the importance of staying home for the 14 days because if they don't, there's a possible spread to multiple different people. It's and exponential. Yeah. It, it, the, the, the numbers become staggering when you start looking at the tree and yeah. how the branches just keep going. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So you're looking forward to this next thing. What, what do you think um, people should know about uh, the contact tracers? If you call and mm -hmm. maybe they don't, uh, they don't believe who you are, maybe there's some doubt... Yeah, so we identify ourselves. Um, again, in the intro, we have a whole script, and we identify who we are and who we're with. It's definitely tough because I know that there's people taking advantage of this time. Mm -hmm. Were fraudulent contact tracers brought up in training at all? I think people pretending to be from public health, that was mentioned a few times, that people are trying to take advantage. Um, we don't need, like, social security numbers or any kind of card numbers or anything like that. We're just trying to get your like health information, um, any... Um, Real basic stuff. Yeah, right? background information. If you have any underlying conditions, it's not anything you can steal from someone. It's, right. just, it's not going to do a thief any good. Exactly. When you're talking to these people, you said that you're going to give them resources. So mm -hmm. not only are you trying to find out where they've been and who they've been in contact with. You're also trying to provide them health information. Yes. So we can, we can give them resources on testing sites or um, if they have no ability to go to the grocery store, have someone bring the groceries to them because they're quarantining or isolating. 
Um, we can give them resources for delivery services or meal services. So it's about seeing what their need is. Um, some people have families and it's hard to quarantine because they live in a small house with a bunch of people. And so we have hotel services to, to see at each person again. That's why we ask all these questions. We wanna know everyone's situation and we wanna be able to adapt to them and make sure that they have all the tools that they need to be able to safely isolate and, and, and get better and stop the spread. Have you been contacted by a contact tracer? I have not. Yeah, have I not. haven't either. I'm curious to see how that conversation is going to go. Nope, sorry. Uh, although, can you get me some uh, bucket of wings and maybe... <laughs> get something delivered. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, no, this is not Grubhub. Sorry. Okay, let me try again. You are ready to go. Yeah, I think so. I, I think the only thing I need to learn is the technology and how to contact mm -hmm. them. But... Um, I mean, I have my script, I have all my training printed out, so I have references. Um, I feel pretty confident, and I'm excited. I'm excited to help people. Yeah. Well, I think you're going to do really well at this. I, From the limited amount of time that I've known you, I, I really get the feeling that you're going to really revel in this uh, role. Um, so good luck to you, and uh, enjoy it. Thank you, know? you. yes. Enjoy it. Uh, I think you're going to do great. Oh, thank you. All right, my thanks again to Brittany for sitting down with me on her last day in the office. I hope to chat with her again real soon, especially once she's had a week or two behind her as a contact tracer. Now, if you want to know more about this topic or anything COVID-19 related, be sure to go to covid19.ca.gov. It's a great resource where we have a ton of information and a lot of helpful links. Hey, if you like listening to All Hazards, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And thanks for listening. And remember to wear those masks when walking around in public and where you can't socially distance. You just may save a life. For everyone here at the Cal OES Office of Public Information, I'm Sean Boyd. Take care and be safe. You've been listening to the Cal OES All Hazards Podcast. Don't forget to check out our podcast page where you can find past episodes along with show notes and links. And give us a social shout out. Tell others about us on Twitter and Facebook. And let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you.